0: Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans We're four-season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show, we discuss the narrow 24-23 victory away at Worcester with a five-point haul that keeps us six points clear at the top of the table. We also look forward to next week's game against bogey team Wasps, who we have only beaten six times in 43 league encounters. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, first of all, let me come to you, Miles. It's uh, nice to see you uh, bang on seven o'clock this week. Um, Obviously, uh, you've got your emails uh,
1: sorted for for the show. Absolutely, TC. I mean, you sent the link out at 230 at 2.31, I was waiting for you boys to come on and log on and see you. But, you know, for, <laughs> I was that paranoid about my yeah, technical issues. But I oh, had a lovely day with the family, a little walk out in Portishead today, a couple of beers when I got home and, you know, ready for the pod, boys.
0: Excellent. And Pete, how are you? You you, you must be quite elated, the fact that Southampton has have won a, a league game. What's that, the first in 10, 10 uh, attempts? Yep,
2: yep
3: very good went up to sheffield did a job uh, back on the back on the wagon again the boys the saints so i expect them to, to go back up the table now pushing for european places maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll overtake liverpool on the way down but yeah so so happy
0: happy from the football point of view and happy from rugby really Great stuff. And uh, talking about back on the wagon, Lee. I can see you've got a, a, a beer can there, so you're not back on the wagon. What What the heck are you drinking tonight?
4: Well, Miles had recommended this lovely arborel. It's, it's a West Coast IPA uh, called Bank Scopio. So, um, yeah, it, it it actually tastes okay. It doesn't taste bank at all. So I, I think that's false advertising. <laughs> and by the way, right. just quick, just quickly on the football subject, because I love our little football roundup. At, at the beginning, but I'm actually, this is my dedication to the pod. I am missing the mighty Spurs playing against Crystal Palace tonight. So I hope you three collectively uh,
0: respect that tonight. Absolutely. You know, you you, you you can see the respect written all over our faces. <laughs>
3: uh, Miles, Miles, uh, late, Miles doesn't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, nice.
0: well, well let, let's get on to something Miles does know about and that's rugby.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Miles, so let, let me come to you let me come to you first. Um uh going going into the game, what, what were your thoughts uh on uh Friday when you saw the, the team selections? Were you uh, were you confident about the trip to Six Ways?
1: Uh you you'll probably know by my little uh message on our whatsapp group no not at all i was a little bit uh, a little bit petrified really once i saw that we had either more players injured or rested that uh we were literally scraping the barrel uh with all our players out injured on international duty and knowing how we had previously struggled at six ways and they put up a good fight i was a little bit worried um so it was good to come away with the with the win in the end yeah and Lee let me come to you
0: uh, obviously Mr Nualago scored early on did you think our our slumbers during February our, our kind of mid-season hibernation was coming to an end and we were we were going to march on and have a comfortable victory against Worcester Tony no. Against Worcester,
4: yeah. No, no. I mean, it, the one thing we do know when we play Worcester, especially at six ways, is that we, we don't usually run away with things. And, um, you know, I, I was feeling confident we would get the win, but Miles obviously, you know, he did he did make me a bit fearful, actually, when he was sending that text out. But I'd like to confirm that my my little uh, Ted Hill voodoo door sticking pins just just in before, uh, before kickoff worked. So... In the end, it might have been the, the key to swing in the victory.
0: And um, and Pete, uh, your thoughts on uh on, on that first half performance. Well, to be honest, you know, it was a it could have been a lot
3: worse for Was Worcester. And I I mean give them full credit for for the way they played the game. But you know, on another day or in a parallel universe, we could have been 35-10 up at um half time, potentially. Uh, because we uh I mean, we did. We cheaty missed those two conversions because it was a bit surprising considering what he'd done for, uh, for Wales. And, um, you know, we basically butchered two really good try scoring opportunities. I mean, the one that uh, Purdy's little you know, pass to, to Siva, which was a bit wayward that, that way he had a run in. I mean, the line was just begging uh, to be crossed on that one. And there was another one as well, I think where there was an offload from Siva to Adi Alokan and he kind of fumbled it. So potentially we could have had a bonus point within about 30 minutes. Um, so, you know, that was a bit disappointing in some ways and, and fair play to, uh, fair play to, to Worcester. I think they, they really came back into the game, so you know we, we had to dig deep in the second half. And and you know I think that it was a it was a real genuine victory for us.
0: Well, it certainly was a genuine victory. Um, and I think just just to add that to that, there was a few overthrows in the line, wasn't there? Uh, in in their twenty-two and and off penalties as well, where we were in good position to uh, yeah. to maybe get the scoreboard ticking over, but we didn't.
3: And and Worcester were clinical. I mean, Worcester basically. You know, they they made the most of of their opportunities. Apart, maybe in the second half, then they'll, they'll argue they had one or two. But I think they got away with us not making the most of it in the first half. You know, and it, it kind of when they went ahead, it was suddenly like, how did that happen? You know, it's uh, suddenly it was uh, we were looking down the barrel a bit. And I, you know, after having thrown it around and done loads of sort of played really well. You know, suddenly it, it, it's uh, it was a bit surprising, but that's rugby for you, isn't
0: it? Yeah, Lee, I think you've got a comment you want to make. Well, I just wanted to add
4: to, to what Pete's just said there. I think Worcester's control came into the game when when you make Billy Cyril come on, Tony, mm-hmm. To be honest, uh, he, he controlled played the game, well. and um, you know he, he showed us a, a glimpse of obviously what we what we had at Briz before he left. And um, I thought uh, Cyril played really well for them. <laughs>
0: He, he did. Good Cornish boy. And of course, it's been a sensational uh, long weekend for Cornwall. St. Piran's Day, the national day on Friday, the 5th of March. And then uh, a certain uh, result down in uh, Penzance, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. So, Miles, let me come to you. Um, how, how did you, uh, I mean, overall, were you were you pleased with the five points? I mean, it's always to get a bonus point win away from home is is something not to be sniffed. That. But overall, on the performance, where, where, where were you on a scale of two, well, one to 10 for for the Bears'
1: performance? um It's a nearing 10 TC. I mean, it was, uh, as, my, as my good wife said, it was a great game to watch for this sort of impartial watcher. um And I didn't see any Bristol player really do anything wrong. I mean, their, their player performances as a, as a sort of full team were just brilliant. I think Worcester were just very, very disciplined very hard to beat as they always are uh, and they brought the game to us so I think overall five points yeah it was a, it was a very good result sort of looking at how many injuries we had Miles
0: My, likes to be controversial let, let me come to you Lee <laughs> uh, did you see it as a 10 out of 10 game uh, I sorry, Miles. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to
4: agree to disagree <laughs> on this one. But, oh God! Like, I, thought, I Not felt like you. T- ten out of ten for for the win and the and the bonus point for sure. But I I felt that. I mean, I do agree with Miles. We we kind of it was the the strongest side we had out. But I thought the performance. Um, I think we we could have still stepped up a, a few more gears yet. But I would say it was probably nearer a seven.
0: And, Pete, what about you? Are you going to the stellar 10 or the more sensible 7?
3: I was just thinking that Miles is like kind of the DOR that everybody would love to have, isn't it? You, you can have any game you want. You'd be like, oh, Miles will be fine. He'll give us a 10 for it. I won't bother making much effort. Uh, I would say an 8. I think it, we we battled hard. There was no... Uh, there was no uh, lack of effort and commitment. We clearly learnt a bit from last week at Tigers. I think the breakdown was a lot better. We we only gave away six penalties, didn't we? So you've got to give them a massive yeah, yeah. credit for that. And uh, and you know we presented the ball a lot better. You know there was they weren't getting turnovers as much. I just think a few little things. You know like the overthrows you mentioned, not not finishing those amazing breaks. I mean it's it's all it's all very well having like a, a, a an eighty yard line break, but then if you then Give away a penalty or knock it on or don't catch it. It's just meaningless, isn't it? And um, uh, and, and uh, you know, and I just think you know we. <laughs> We, we were a little bit sloppy again in the second half and we were put, you know, granted we're put under pressure but, you know, you've got to expect to be put under pressure so you've got to deal with the with the pressure. And, you know, I, I think I think Pat was less, he, do, he didn't look, his post-match Pat look wasn't quite as frustrated as it has been in the last two games. So I think he realised that the boys, there's no easy game and Worcester really went for it. But I, I don't think he would have been going in saying, what well up boys, 10 out of 10, have a couple of days off. Go out for a few beers. It'll be fine. Go up to Clifton, have a few coffees at Borough.
0: Come back Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I, 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 I've
4: got a theory on this, though. I reckon, because Miles is usually Mr. Criticism, isn't he? So I reckon he's trying, to counter, <laughs> he's trying to counterbalance himself a little bit now, and he's gone too far the other way. <laughs>
0: Well, okay. Let me let me go back to Miles. Um, he, he, we talk about ten out of ten performances, and in the Bristol Post, Newell Argo got a very rare ten out of ten. Um, and uh, I think if there were any maximum scores for for performance, it would be down to uh, down to him. A hat trick in the game, uh, Miles. Are we now starting to see the
1: real deal with uh, our, our man from the army? Uh, it certainly looks that way, doesn't it? He was just fantastic. I mean, what did he, was it 120 metres made, three tries and uh, nearly another try really. Um, he was just brilliant all over the field. I mean, we saw a few matches ago what he and sort of Pietau were, were, uh, were able to do with their sort of running lines and switching and offloads but I think uh, he was a definite man of the match performance for me. He was just like an absolute bullet really and Uh, falling off tackles Uh, fantastic and I cannot wait to see him sort of play again Well, it's certainly
0: when you think, you know, potentially uh, he's up to speed and we get Ranrandra back and we've got Charles Piatow behind the two of them. That is going to be a pretty frightening uh, threesome that are going to be running at some uh, defences, hopefully before before too long. Let's talk about uh, player performances then and uh, people that stood out. Let me come to you, Lee. Uh, who, Who do you want to mention in dispatches? Um, obviously, we've we've mentioned the, the the main man, but I mean,
4: for me, it's his name always comes up every pod, doesn't it? But Captain Captain Fantastic, Mister Superman, Lua Tua, I just thought he was absolutely immense again. Um, just the the glue of that side, and when he's on the pitch, we're I just feel like we're in safe hands
0: absolutely, I mean he is uh, such an influence on that team, isn't he? um Pete, let me let me come to you. um someone that's um often uh we we've been slightly critical, maybe um is uh, adia Loken. um but uh, what did you make of his performance against Worcester? <laughs> Yeah, really good. Really impressed with him. Really stepped up. Considering
3: he hasn't had much game time recently, I thought he did brilliantly. And, and on another day, I mean, he could have bagged a couple of tries as well. And I think for the, well, to be honest, he, 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 uh, he was very instrumental in our second try, wasn't he? Because there was that little move. I mean, I've got to say also, Fitz Harding, did an amazing job in that second try when he got the ball. It was like man and ball, but he turned away from the the, the uh, defender and managed to then just get it out to Steve Luatua. He then took that bang the space little chicken pass back to to Addy. Three, I think he three tackles and and uh, and then set up the ruck that. Um, that, that led to Shidi's little uh, drop kicks, a uh, little chip over to Siva so I mean really really impressive and he, he looks he's a game sort of guy and he? he looks like he's he's really relishing the fact that he's been given this opportunity I know we were a little bit sceptical of him in his first couple of games but I think you know looking back of course he would have been he'd only just joined you know it takes a bit of time to get used to it so I think he, he's actually a real good representation of our squad depth but can I just say one thing as well on that, that try I don't know if any of you noticed it but when there was two things from that ruck the first one was capon took out chris ashton which was quite good and then secondly when sheedy went to chip it over did you notice that joe joyce had got himself in the way and (laughs) It was like literally Joycey had to hit the deck like that. It was as if like one of the coaches had a sniper's <laughs> rifle and had seen what was about to happen and thought, we've got to get Joycey out of the way. And boof, like that. And Joycey went flat face down and great movement because otherwise he would have got in the way. So, yeah, that was all brilliant. That that try was like a, there was all sorts of things happening on that one. But, but yeah, Adi Loken made it really.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we had uh, metres made. We talked about New Argo 10 carries, 124 metres. Adia Loken, 80 metres from 10 carries. Uh, Miles, let me come to you. Uh, Henry Purdy, back in the team after injury, playing at full back. Uh, 17 carries for 111 metres. Um, what do you think uh, of his performance?
1: Well... <laughs> I think it was phenomenal. I mean, we were I'd probably agreed a little bit skeptical of him playing in the fullback position with Lloyd out and Peter out. He was just brilliant, to be honest with you. ten? Uh, ten. His, uh, eight, eight. Oh, <laughs> oh, what? Eleven. 11. <laughs> <That's> Eleven. Nine <laughs> miles, to be honest. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, like, it's typical of Birdy. He was head down, you know, piston, <laughs> whatever, piston Perdue. Uh, <laughs> uh, you <laughs> cannot. No. Uh, I, can, I, can assure, I can assure you, yeah, he wasn't drinking before the game. Absolutely. Uh, he was just phenomenal, I think. He runs made. And actually, he had a hell of a boot on him, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I really cannot fault Purdy's game. He was, he was brilliant. Uh,
0: OK, so any other performances then uh, that we want to talk about? Lee? Yeah,
4: well, I mean, to be honest, there's quite a few of the players I think we we could mention this week, but I thought Piers O'Connor again was brilliant. Some of the lines that that he was running, but I'm going to pass this one over to Miles because I think it's only fitting that Miles should should give full credit to this guy. Um, <laughs> our, our number nine, Andy Uren, I I thought he played probably one of his best games for Bristol. Um, Miles, the over to you.
1: He, I admit he did have a better game than he had pre- in the sort of previous two or three. I mean, obviously his little uh, sniping try was just, you know, average for a scrum half. I'd expect that of someone of his skill. Uh, <laughs> but he had a good game. I mean, again, I was sort of itching to see a little bit of Kessel come on, a little bit of a faster flow. I mean, but as we know, we didn't really see many uh, substitutions for the entire game, and it it seemed to pay off. So yeah, well done, Aaron. Let,
0: let me go to Pete, our uh, number nine uh, correspondent. I think, yeah, I think we owe
3: Andy a little bit of a um, apology for last week. I think we went on about him running sideways quite a lot, and actually now I think that's a that's clearly a strategy that he's been told to do um and actually i i did get a, a text from my mate mark newell you remember mark who is a very knowledgeable scrum half and he reckons or he told me that actually it was a strategy that it brings it draws out the kind of centers um and then you know it it, it, it there's a chance of us breaking through so and, and i think what was good about andy he didn't do it all the time we we've obviously now got a He's mixed it up a bit. You know, he did a couple of box kicks. He, he He's quick. He did a few, you know, standards straight off the ruck. And actually in one of the, I can't remember where it, was it one of them in the first half? He did that that kind of dummy to pass one way and then pass the other. And then I think Purdy broke out. So he's, I just think he's you know like anything. He's it's taken him a bit of time to get back into the rhythm. And I think he was he was really good. And uh, I I I'm really pleased for the lad because when he's interviewed afterwards, he's hilarious really because <laughs> he's he's just like a sort of young a little lad that just you know is, is sort of starstruck by being asked questions. So uh, I think it was uh, fair play to to Andy Oren. And, and I think he needed that as well um i think uh, we mentioned this in our little um, facebook preview didn't we that it was a we needed an 80 minute performance and he was up against a you know, a gnarly campaigner in in Hoogard. And I think he he cut out all of that sort of slight that bit of nonsense about pushing the scrum half around and focused on the the fundamentals and and did all right. But while I'm on tone, can I can I mention someone? So you're probably going to ask me next, yeah. I mean I'd like to I'd like to have a little shout out for the front row, to be honest. Uh, particularly big Jake Walmore. I think, you know, we've been a, a, a little bit worried about Jake in in recent times he's been under the pump a little bit I think but he was given you know Pat showed faith in him didn't he today sticking him in against Shona as well he's a he's a well-renowned scrummager and I, and Jake did a full shift uh wait did a didn't Jake do a full shift I think he did the whole eight almost he was on for for most of the game pretty sure he did do the full full eighty.
0: and I, I, I think the, he did but, yeah yeah because um uh, yeah, Lehef, Jan Thomas yeah, came Thomas on, came for on for because forward
3: didn't come on so no. I just think fair play to Jake because he might you know he, he, I'm sure he's a, he's a pro and he's fully committed but he must have had a little niggle in his mind that he, he he had a big responsibility on his shoulders and I thought our scrum our set piece was was pretty solid you know there was no there was no worries in that and and, and likewise I mean Max Laheef you know looked very very hungry uh, in his rene- renewal in the team and uh, I thought I thought our our front five, you know, really faced up to Worcester because we were a little bit worried about about their their scrum. So I just think a little shout out to the uh, to the engine room. I mean, uh, uh, the commentator was a little bit perturbed about Laheef having a a white rinse, didn't he? He said, in, "You know, give it twenty years ago, if you turned up into the front row with a a blonde kind of streaks in your hair, <laughs> you wouldn't have been sticking around very long." But Max is the modern man. He's the modern prop.
0: So i it was funny as well did you hear him say um that max lahaif is also the the one that gets every prop in the premiership worried about their weight when they yeah, see his, his rig, uh, it, kind of is ripped rig yeah. so uh, i i really like this actually this idea of having um uh Someone from the the home team because obviously Max did it the the week before yeah. for us against Leicester. I think it really adds an interesting insight. It's a different voice. Um, uh, I, I, I I hope BT continue with that. I would imagine the main games they're still going to roll out the Delalios and uh, what have you. But uh, for these games, I I, th- I think it's really interesting and adds an extra insight. Well, I think boys, to, to be fair, I you know. I don't think anybody had a uh, a, a bad game. Um, you know, we've mentioned Fitz in as well. Uh, big, big day for him to have to start um, and uh, fill Dan Thomas's um, shoes. Um, it, it was a gritty performance. I think everybody dug in, but, you know, there were, were those little errors. And as we say, a few points went begging. Um but again, with the injury list that we 've got on the unavailable players to be six points clear at the top now after twelve rounds, uh, you know <laughs> we, we would have been amazed at that if we'd had a full strength team. The fact that for the last four or five weeks we 've been playing with so many people out uh, is is quite incredible. Um, some l- little points uh maybe that I wanted to just pick up on um, i don 't know if Chris Ashton is one of the most Uh, least should i say least popular players um he certainly exudes a certain kind of attitude doesn't he on the pitch and uh i think uh was it you pete uh picked out uh something um that you didn't like uh about his performance first
3: off early in the game maxwell keys and, and to be fair him and Christoph Ridley do look like they just joined the thirteenth brigade of the public school, you know, army or whatever in the nineteen fourteen Great War. But he went over to Ashton and 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 basically told him to shut up, didn't he? Early on in the game, I think Ashton had been chirping a little bit about a few decisions, and and uh, Craig MK M, uh, CMK as I call him went over and had a word, which I, I like that uh, because Ashton is a good player, has a great record, but nobody's bigger than the game of rugby. And I think Chris sometimes thinks that. And then, of course, the thing that we all, what well, most of us spotted, I think, was in the second try, he was sort of jackaling over Addy. Capon came in, legitimate, firm but fair clear out. And for a split second, you saw Ashton look up saw the ref was right there and definitely definitely tried to buy a card off for capon i mean i know he went off injured but the fact that the tmo and the ref didn't spend didn't even get their pulse rate up to have a look at that made me suggest that there was a little bit of of gamesmanship going on and i just think it looked very football-y to me and uh and I just think, I mean, we, you know, three of us are very knowledgeable about football and, and love it. But one thing we don't like, a football, like about football is that sort of thing, is buying cards and buying. And I think that uh, Ashton let himself down a little bit there. And, and yeah, clearly he was injured or maybe he wasn't. Maybe he just really thought, I've got to see this through now. <laughs> I've got to get myself <laughs> off the pitch. Otherwise I look like an idiot. So, yeah, not, not great from him.
0: Lee, let me come to you. I think you want to mention something. I just wanted to add to what people was saying
4: then. I mean, it, it does seem with, um, with Farrell, um, we've had a bit of that as well. And I, I just think that, it, that that kind of um, ill discipline is starting to, to just seep into rugby a little bit more now. And um, I know these, these are kind of, um, you know, isolated incidents at the moment, but it only takes a little bit more of that and the referees not being on it which Maxwell Keys was, admittedly, but it just seems to be seeping into the game of rugby a little bit more, and it's something I don't think any of us would want to see. I think
3: I think it's also a little bit on the whole whooping and back slapping when they win a penalty. I just I'm starting to find that annoying. I mean, I know it's a high octane adrenaline game, and, and it is probably when you're under the pump it is exciting but it just looks so stupid because five minutes later it can happen the opposite way <laughs> and, exactly. and, and, and yeah. i just think you know you just get the job done move on i mean i don't you don't see steve luatua like whooping and hollering do you i just think no. and i felt that i've we've said this before i felt that was a little bit of a thing that ben earl brought in from saracens when he came that kind of and i just think you are right, Lee. i mean that's why in hindsight i'm quite glad that they came down on sinclair quite hard for his swearing because although we could say, well it was a bit harsh, actually they it was a good thing. There was no no argument about it. It's like, nah, you're done, you three games. And I think they've got to keep those standards up. And um, so yeah, no, I think we just gotta keep an eye on that boys.
0: Uh, miles uh on the pod last week we did talk about the fact that uh during february we'd failed to score a try in the second half um but uh, clearly this game we did manage to uh to to, to get a, a a seven point score Um, Do you think that little voodoo is behind us now, or uh, are we are we still struggling a bit in the second half of games?
1: Uh, I don't. Well, well, let's hope so. I mean, obviously, you know, at least we got seven points in the second half. Uh, I just think that hopefully that, as you said, that voodoo is a little bit behind us. We look solid in the second half. I think very attacking. I mean, Worcester's defence was was tough all the way along, and. Yeah, I I don't think we could have maybe considered too many more tries coming. So let's hope it's moving on from here. And I'd expect at least two tries next next Friday night against Wasps in the second half. Move on from here there we go. Well,
0: that's I, I think uh, that now is in the five games that we've played since the beginning of February, we've managed an average of five points per second half. So, uh still not uh not not quite uh outstanding, but uh yeah, we are we are still top of the league. Lee, before we go off this game, I think there was an incident right at the end as well with uh Kitchener and Sheedy. How how did you see that? Yeah, I'm I'm glad you picked that up, Tone,
4: because um I mean the, obviously uh, Andy Urena had, had, uh, passed the ball to Shido, which you know booted the ball out to end the game. And and Kitchener basically was just just followed through and gave a bit of a shoulder after. And and I just thought it was completely unnecessary. And it just you know, obviously after what had happened last year with Ciali pieto um I just thought to myself like, why Why have you done that? You know, it's been, it's been a, a, an evenly contested game. It was a fair game. And, you know, you, you take a dig uh, at, the, at the end of the game against Callum and you just think there was just no need at all. And I, I just thought he'd showed himself up, really. Absolute classless.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, let's look at uh, some of the other scores from this weekend then. Uh Leicester 33, London Irish 32. Uh credible game there. Irish uh, unlucky not to uh to to come back having gone down to 14 men. We had Sale 31, Newcastle 16. Good home win for Sale. Bath 16 Exeter 38. I mean, Bath started really well in that game, weren't they? they? Did. Yeah. 13 nil up, but uh Exeter obviously have regrouped. Um, so an impressive win for them. Wasps 19, Gloucester 20. So uh, a big relief there for Gloucester. In fact, uh, uh, my mate Richard, who uh, texted me and said, uh, thanks for beating Wasps. We've won as well. We're off the bo- butto- bottom. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. he was really pleased That's with that. Two wins and <laughs> <laughs> Two wins on the trot, and then um, uh, we're recording this in our normal slot on Sunday evening. Today's game: Quins thirty-seven, uh, Northampton Saints nineteen. So, at the end of round twelve, we are top with forty-six points. Exeter are on forty points. Quins on thirty-eight, and Sale on thirty-six. So, let's look ahead. Then, um, I think it's fair to say that over the last ten years or so, uh, Worcester have been a bit of a bogey team for Bristol but I think over the last couple of seasons we kind of put that to bed now Uh, we've got the victories uh, and we've ground out some some good results but one team that does remain a real bogey side for us is wasps we've played them 43 times in the league we have won six wasps have won 35 and there have been two draws and um, we've seen some quite disappointing results haven't we in the last couple of seasons uh close games and uh well some some big defeats as well at the hands of wasps so uh that's our next game friday the 12th of march and uh, to get a bit of insight uh pete had a talk with rob sutton from the wasps report podcast so let's hear their conversation
3: right well cheers rob i really appreciate you uh you joining us tonight and obviously bristol played wasps uh, right at the start of the season it seems ages ago now but it was a narrow win for you boys but since then i mean how would you summarize wasps first half of the season so far
2: I think I think you can divide our season into two halves: the half, the bit with the international players, and the bit without. And um, the Bristol game, although it was in an international window, Wasps did have Jack Willis, who was man of the match, and a few others available. And um, I think had you played us a week later, you'd have won, because uh, you know, a few players went off. Um, we, we lost the next two games, and then we had three games in a row in the prem. That we had our best was our best rugby of the season. So we won at Sale, having been 10 points down at half time, which was a great result. We then thumped Exeter. And then we had the amazing game at Bath that was 52 40, or whatever that game finished. It was like a, like a basketball game, really. It was amazing stuff. But unfortunately, uh, the wheels have rather come off um, since that Bath game. We've lost four of the last five when we're doing this um, it's been pretty tough to watch uh, the last five games really not not much excitement in the games I think which is not something you associate with wasps um, I hate to use injuries as an excuse but wasps have been pretty unlucky unfortunately with injuries um Dan Robson's obviously with England. Jack Willis, we all know what happened in the Italy game of the Six Nations, unfortunately. Uh Fekato has missed most of the season. Um, Joe Launchbury's injured. Alfie Barber is injured. Ryan Mills, who we signed from Worcester, quite our, sort of our big signing. He's injured. Jacob Umarga, the fly half's missed games. So we've been it's been bare bones in a fair few positions. Um but there have been some positive signs that the performance in the latest game against London Irish was better, although they didn't win. Um, So, so yeah, it's, it, we've, we've we've had the dip similar to what happened last season. We're in a very similar position to where we made our, our charge that resulted in reaching the final at the end of last season. Now, I'm not, Anticipating something similar, but I wouldn't completely rule us out of putting a run together to get back into the top four mix. Um, But we need to start winning soon, or else it's going to be it's going to be too too much to make up.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you mentioned a few players that you're missing and and some big names there. I mean, have you had any? Kind of substanding players that have, have have done well, have, have stepped up um, despite your kind
2: of dodgy run at, at late. Um, yes, yes. Um, so, so one I'd mention is Ch- Charlie Atkinson, who's eighteen, who's fly half, and he looks like he could be something that Wasps can build for many years to come. He looks a terrific player. Obviously, he's very raw, and you've got to kind of. Ex- that things are going to go wrong, and he certainly needs to work on his defensive game. Um, but he's he looks a real prospect for the future, and um, and really for me, our best player has been Tom Cruise at Hooker, who's been sort of second choice for a while now. But with Tommy Taylor, he's been injured for a lot of the lot of the season and a lot of the sort of restart period last season. So Cruise has come in, and you know he he's really a good ball carrier mm-hmm. he's solid enough at the line our line out has not functioned virtually all season but when he's playing two it's a lot more solid um and he's gonna to have to step up now because Tommy Taylor is going to be leaving at the end of the mm-hmm. season he's confirmed to going to sale so um so yeah those two have certainly been the standouts in this difficult run
3: yeah, I mean, I, Tom Cruise, I seem to remember that crazy game at um, Ashton Gate last season uh, on just after Christmas when yes. you won. He made, I seem to remember, didn't he make the break from the 22? I've got a feeling that... He did. And then and then from that, there was a couple of phases and then Charles Piertow missed the tackle. <laughs> and yeah, you,
2: you went over to win, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. Well, he's, yeah. It's funny you mention that game because um really I mean was in a, a a terrible position in the league going into that game that night. And I think if Nizam Carr had not gone over on for that try and Wasp had lost that night. I think Dai Young would have been fired virtually on the spot that night. You know it, he went a couple of months later mm. anyway, but you know he was he was on the you know clinging on by his fingertips at that mm. stage and 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 that result did really give them a bit of confidence you know that that didn't really come to fruition until lee took the job from die um but it was it was a hugely significant win that 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 game at ashton gate last season wow let's hope they
3: <laughs> let's well i wonder let's hope I mean, let's hope it is a good game i think it, we're obviously meeting uh, on the 12th um obviously <laughs> i don't think i could go through that again but <laughs> You know, taking into account we've still got ten days to go, and, and both teams are playing this weekend. I mean, how do you think the game will pan out um, at Ashton Gate? And and do you do you fancy making a prediction?
2: Well, I think I would think playing a team like Bristol might suit us because you like to play the game at a decent pace. And these games that we've had recently, with the exception of Harlequins, who unfortunately absolutely destroyed us, and it was the fir- it was the first game they played after Paul Gustard left and we just caught them on a wrong day. But since then, the games we've lost, Leicester bullied us up front, Northampton did the same and London Irish did the same. Whereas I think Bristol will look to, you know, take us on in the backs. And if we if we can have a high scoring game, you know, we can go with anybody if you, you know, to score as many points. There was, you know, I think the, the premise. Semi final was a bit of an example of that where you know, you know. If 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 you're going to score three tries, we'll score five, you know. Um, and and there are some players coming back who it's it, it's hard to I mean, it completely changes week on week what sort mm-hmm. of team we can put out at the moment. Um, but it seems like Thomas Young is going to be fit possibly uh, for the game at Bristol, so that he's a big player to come back and him going up against some of the Bristol back row will be important. Um, but sitting here now, if, if you could give me a a losing bonus point or a, or a four try bonus, I'll, I'll happily take that and move on. Um, but you know, as I say, I thought Wasa get stuffed at Ashton Gate last season. They went there and won. So, and I thought we'd get beat the year before, and they went there and won. So, um, I'm sure your listeners won't thank me for saying we've got a pretty good record against I, Bristol. I was in the say, last I mean last few years
3: is horrendous against Wasa. Yeah. You are really are the bogey team. Um, so let's. Let's hope for our sake. It's about time we redress the balance.
2: But um, so, so you're well. That's a that's a concern. It's a concern from my perspective that you know you you have these teams. it was Sale for us for a for a long time. We could never beat Sale, and we've gone there and won this season. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, certain teams have certain clubs that they don't like playing. Absolutely. So, so you're saying.
3: Probably you'll be happy with a losing bonus point, but you know, who knows what will
2: happen on the night. Well, that's the thing. We're a funny bunch sometimes. As I said, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've we've beaten Exeter, you know, convincingly this season. And equally we've been turned over at home, you know, we've lost to Gloucester. You know, I think I think it's only us and Worcester who've lost to Gloucester this season. So um, you know, that's that says it all really, you know, the we' we're, we're probably about you know at the moment we're, we're probably a bit below where I thought we'd be this season I, I didn't I honestly didn't expect us to go and get to Twickenham again. you know I, I really did think that was a, a, a one-off last season and, and that's why it was so disappointing to lose the final a game that we probably should have won um because I thought we wouldn't get another chance like you know, I thought teams like Bristol Sale... Um, would would improve on what they were last season. Um, so, realistically, I think if we can finish, if we if we can sneak ourselves into the top four, I think that'd be a great season. But I'd be happy with finishing in the top six, to be honest, this season. And uh, so, yeah, a, a away game against a team who are currently in the top two, you you'd always be happy getting something out of it. I think. Fair enough. Well, time will tell.
0: Well, Pete, um, I, I, I think Rob, it was really interesting then. He was talking about the first half of the season and said uh, it's been two, two elements, really, when they've had their uh, kind of international players and and when they haven't. Um yeah, I mean, what do you make of the, the injuries that he's talked about? Are, are we two teams that are going to meet on Friday with lots of players unavailable?
3: Well, it it sounds like we might have a couple back, doesn't it? I think latest reports today was that Charles will be back, Morahan's back, potentially even Big Husey. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think what he highlighted that perhaps we didn't realise quite as much, maybe our listeners don't, is that they don't have a huge squad at Wasps. Their first 15 or first 23 when fit is very, very good as we found out (laughs) last season. Uh, But when you scratch below the surface, they struggle a bit. And uh, he, he, Yet again, we had an opposition fan who was who was predicting Bristol were going to win. So uh, it was an interesting insight from him, actually, because i I'd kind of gone into that interview sort of thinking, well, yeah, this is going to be a real tough game. And I came out of that interview feeling quite positive, actually. Uh, and, and perhaps after the weekend as well. Um, I mean, Wasps obviously only just lost, but Gloucester had gone down 14 men, hadn't they? So, you know, they didn't make the most of it. So I, I think... It, it, it trouble is, do you know what? Obviously, what I remember now, having said all that, is that game at Ashton Gate on the twenty eighth of December when they scored that try right at the end. So I don't think we can ever underestimate the Wasps. They have a, a great rugby history. They've got stats behind them, and and we are we are the top of the top of the log. So they're going to come for us. And uh, but I, I do think that our our injury list albeit maybe the same, it's not quite as bad as theirs, as it were. If that makes any sense.
0: And, and Miles, do you, do you think we've, I don't know what the right phrase is, have we reached the bottom, do you think, now with our unavailable players and our injury list? Are we now going to see over the next few weeks Pat getting more uh, choice from who he can uh, pick from um, and, you know... <laughs> Do you see anybody back for next week, maybe, that will get themselves in contention for a a slot in the 23?
1: Well, well, let's certainly hope so. I mean, as Pete rightly alluded to, there was a little piece in the post today, wasn't there, suggesting that we might... You know, it's tricky, isn't it? Charles, we think, may have just been rested. He obviously came back from injury into a long stint of games. And fair enough, he needed a little rest. Nathan, we know, is injured. and He may even get uh, our mate Brian with two Ys in his name back. Um, So let's say, I think things can only get better. I mean, bar Lee playing rugby, things can't get any worse, can they, for the Bristol Rares on the injury front? And and heaven forbid having to draft in Pete Brealey at number nine or something like that. So I think over the next two, three weeks, the the end of internationals, a couple of players on short-term injuries, I think we're going to have a massively improved squad. Uh, and as Pete, uh, as an uh, interviewee alluded to, without Launchbury and Willis, that's a massive loss for us, I think. Willis is so good. He's a, such an amazing jackal. He was a sort of key man in that, that sort of, again, last-minute loss on the first sort of game of the season. So without those two, you know, key leaders in their squad, I think we've got a far better chance of winning this their, game on their, Friday. their line-out
3: is appalling, isn't it? Yeah. Um... So if mm. we do have Brian Byrne back, maybe, or Capon hits the target a little bit more, I wonder whether we might uh, see a bit more domination from our line-out than we have done in the last couple of games.
0: Mm. Uh, Lee, let me come to you then. Uh, what, what changes do you see Pat making? Who do you think is going uh, to come in?
4: Well, I think the, the boys have already said uh, we know that, well, we're pretty sure that Brian Byrne will be back. The, the moneymaker, I call him. Um Pia Tau will obviously come, come back in at full back, which then we means we can play Purdy maybe on the wing. Um, we're gonna have um Husey back at eight. Um I mean it's gonna it's gonna be much more the old Bristol, isn't it? Um and you know I, I think that Wasps, I don't think they've they have they will have anyone coming back who's currently unavailable. Um and I think you know, those cycles, I know stats that you just produced earlier, Tane, are, are horrific, really. I mean, but you know, I'm a big believer in cycles. And I think that that this is our turn now. This is our cycle, the start of our cycle. And, and I can see, I, I, I'm touching wood as I'm saying it, but I can see us having a, a convincing victory over wasps. And I wasn't right. in that wood, Pete. So you can, you can. <laughs> uh, thank God, I can only uh, see your
0: head, Lee. <laughs> uh, there, there was a few shock faces on the screen when uh, you said uh, that, Lee. Um, Pete, let, let, let me come to you. Um, we saw Lahif start against Worcester uh, instead of a foe who's, who's played a lot of games, uh, and we saw in at uh, seven instead of uh, Dan Thomas. Just tell me what you think about those two positions. Um, will Will Pat want to give them a bit more of a rest? Because you look on paper and actually this is probably the easiest game in the next, certainly two or three we're going to play. Or, or, or do you think after a game out, Afoa and uh, Thomas will be back to the starting slot?
3: I think uh, I agree with you, actually. I think it is on paper uh, an easier game. I I, I don't think... Harding did anything wrong I mean he didn't he made nine tackles didn't miss a tackle he looked powerful skillful I, I, I think possibly what will happen is that maybe Vui will, will move to lock or lock cover um, and Thomas might come in or, or sick or Thomas might come in and and, and Harding may play um, play six I, I potentially or so I, I'd see I think I can see him in the 23 somewhere Uh and 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 also I think Laheef and I mean it depends how Jake is really, because he did put a big shift in. It might be that 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 John's had a, a week off uh may may come in. I don't know about that. I think Laheef will, will potentially um be in the mix, or will obviously be in the mix, whether he starts or I think he'll start actually. I think why not? I think I think Max will start. He's he's keen, isn't he? He's fresh and his his rig is conditioned to perfection. Um so yeah, I I, I think that's but the, the that's it, and then maybe the, a couple of combinations. It's hard to say really because everyone did have a good game. I mean, Ed Holmes had played well when he came on, didn't he, and and looked hungry. Um, yeah, Atwood. You know, might say had a quieter game, but I mean, it's a bit harsh for people like us, pathetic specimens like us, to say that some big beast like Atwood had a hard, a a quiet game. I mean, he put himself around, but maybe he's due a a rest uh, because we, we, and Joycey had a big shift as well, didn't he? Uh, And I mean, Joycey was all over the place. I mean, there were times when he was on the left wing, the right wing, doing his, practicing his little step. So I don't know, it's it's a tricky one, but I think there's a good, good, Good problem to have, isn't it? As the Pat will say, but you know, I think I think this is a week when it be quite we'll be we're quite excited to 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 wait for the, the team sheet and see what happens.
4: Lee, you want to come in there? I just want to say it's nice actually to add these options again, isn't it? Because obviously the the, the last three or four weeks we've we've literally been scraping the bottom of the barrel and not had any options. You know, we've had to play players um, fit players. So it's it's like you said, Pete, it's a nice. Um, it's a nice option for, for Pat to think, have again, isn't I it? I am a bit
3: sorry. I mean, Adi, Adi Alokan might miss out, which seems really harsh, doesn't it? I mean, if Piertel comes mm. back and Purdy's back, Purdy goes to the wing. I mean, you, you know, can you drop Purdy? I don't think you can. Um, no. The power he brings. And then Lloyd, you know, I mean, Lloyd's got a little leg injury, hasn't he? So, I don't know.
0: It's a lot of, lot of things. Well, that's... That... That's one of the points I wanted to make, really, because um, certainly in that post article today, they weren't talking about Lloyd definitely being back. We know Sheedy will be back with Wales. Um, Bedloe is suspended still. So potentially if uh, Lloyd isn't fit to play 10, um, that pretty much is Tiff Eden then, isn't it? Start- starting, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but... but No, but that's we a have, big we we've run out of options uh as far as 10 goes to,
3: maybe that's why he was on the bench this this week is that pat's lo- looking forward again i mean obviously he didn't come on but it's part of the kind of planning process that maybe he's thinking i'm gonna have to stick him in there um and i'm sure you know as we said i mean tiff was faultless when he came on last week so uh you know we've got to give it we've got to back him
0: with, with his sixty exactly, seconds, yeah. yeah but- and I I and I, I I think there might be a similar, you know, that's why we didn't see Kessel again, because you and Kessel are the only two scrum halves that uh, are are fit. So uh, you know, do you risk bringing someone on for five or ten minutes at the end, maybe aren't quite warmed up. Mm, um, interesting. But uh, nine and ten, definitely, for the next couple of weeks, are going to be uh, going to be a problem for us. Lee, I think you wanted to, to come in.
4: I just, I mean, we're a big, we're collectively on the pod, we're big fans of Tiff Eden, aren't we? And um, I just hope that if he if he does get a start, he, he grasps it by the, the throat of the neck and it just really... Um, performs in, in the way that we, we know that he can, um, he, you know, he's, he's had a couple of nightmares to be honest, has not he? I mean, let's face it. He's, he's, he's come on and, and not been so great. And I just hope that he, he grasps the nettle and, and really kind of says, you know, I'm, I'm in this team and I am a, a squad player here, you know,
0: and I can perform. Well almost do you feel that like this is his last opportunity because you know he's got one or two games where he's either gonna play or be back Um and then once the Six Nations are finished, we're gonna get Max Malins back, we we'll get Callum Sheedy back. If Lloyd is fit, you know, he he at best is gonna be fourth choice. Mm, yeah. Um and we saw early in the season that that Bedloe even was above the pecking order. So I I feel that you know, if he does get a chance uh, and he blows it um, in in the game, I think that could, could be sing- signalling the end of his, his kind of time with the Bears um, because it's going to be difficult for him after that to get another chance, certainly yeah. this season. Agreed. Mm, absolutely.
1: Um,
0: well, let's let's talk about predictions then. Just want to look back at last week and... Um the sage himself, Miles, I think, was the closest with a 21-18 prediction. So uh, congratulations.
1: That's, a, that's the first of the season, I think. Isn't it? <laughs> it was first of any season, I think. It, <laughs>
3: was it, was <laughs> it the first time he backed Bristol to win? <laughs>
0: uh so so Miles, let, let me give you the honor then of uh leading off with the predictions for this game, then. Um Bristol
1: against Wasps. Uh, okay. Well, uh, as I said, I, I think it. In theory, on paper, it should be a slightly easier game than we think. I'm going to give. I'm going to go for some twenty-eight points to Bristol, um, and a seventeen to Wasps. Twenty-eight, seventeen for me. Twenty-eight,
0: seventeen, Lee. Let me come to you next. Um, I'm
1: going to
0: go. I'm going to go for a thirty-two, fourteen, buddy. Thirty-two, fourteen. Pete, the ante's being upped. Are you going to keep going up or are I'm, you going to be a bit I'm more gonna, conservative? I'm going to go
3: with what I thought we could have been winning the Worcester game at half-time. I'm going to go
0: 35-10. Ooh. Ooh, you boys are putting out some big scores <laughs> there. Big, big scores rooks. there. I, I am going to go for a 28-12 uh, to 12 win uh, for Bristol. So, uh we all all seem pretty confident uh, that we'll we'll get that win, and hopefully with a few more players back uh, available for Pat, uh, we can start to uh, yeah maybe look forward to a few games where we're not biting our nails and hanging on by a single point. Actually, just before we move on, um, something quick quick answer from all all three of you. I'll, I'll go Miles, Lee, and Pete. How? much do you think pat is starting to think about those european games now as far as resting people getting people fit and back do do you think his eye is mainly on the league or with a six-point cushion do you think he's starting to think a lot more about the european games miles
1: uh i i'm 50 50 on this i mean we saw two to three players rested this weekend didn't we I know they would had a long run of games, but in the back of his mind, he could well have been thinking ahead to sort of early April. We clearly don't know who we're going to be playing, so that that's tough for Pat. So I'm inclined to agree. I, I think in the back of his mind, we, we've had clearly had no choice, have we, in using the entire squad for this, but he's picked his favourites, he's rested a few, and I think he's tried to get the entire squad match fit, ready for anything in the European Cup.
0: Lee, your thoughts. Is is this, you know, the likes of Pierre Tau and Dan Thomas getting a rest this week is all about managing their time, ready for a a European assault? Well the first thing was was that Miles' quick answer? Because that same like sort of thing
4: same <laughs> same like the sort of thing Pete would come out with. Um, <laughs> my, my quick answer is that he is he's concentrating on the league this week. Um and then I think after we defeated Wasps, then he might look to then towards Europe.
3: And you, Pete, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Pat has got uh, aspirations for Europe massively. I, I don't think he he can't help himself. He's a winner, isn't he? He sets he sets the goal high. So whether or not it's going to come to fruition this week, but definitely, definitely, he's going to target Europe if he can.
0: Well, we'll talk about Europe in a bit more uh, because there's the draw this week and maybe the uh, what will happen in the draw might start to to influence him. Uh, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, Well, let's talk about then uh, European draw on Tuesday, I believe it is. Um, We are to a a round of 16 knockout now. Um, Lee, let let me come to you. Um, In this... uh, crazy covid affected season does does Europe still have maybe the uh, the thrill that uh, it does in normal seasons when you're waiting for a draw to uh, see where the bears uh, might be going or in fact who who they might be entertaining at the gate
4: I mean I'd, I'd say it was slightly diluted in the fact that we we, um, we can't actually go anywhere um, but apart from that, I mean it's still a competition and it's in any competition we want to win, don't we? So I'm I'm as much as the um dilution's been in from a, a, a fans perspective point of view is, I would say um I'm looking forward to it's I mean it's around the sixteen, we're in Europe and it's a competition. We have aspirations, like Pete had said, of us winning. So um, I'm looking forward to it, mate, and I, I love a draw anyway. I, you know, any type of draw is just you, you don't know you're going to get you know next out of the hat, and um, and I love it. I can't wait, can't wait for Tuesday.
0: Yeah, and uh, Pete, some pretty. Impressive teams that potentially we're going to be up against there. I think the teams in the group stage is the two games that were played, if uh, if they won both games, then they're guaranteed a home draw. So that's five teams already we know are going to get a home draw. So Bristol, I think on that basis, have a, th- a three out of 11 chance of getting a home draw. Um, h- how important do you think at this stage uh, is the the home and away draw um, with uh, you know no crowds being in stadiums is that is that being nullified to an extent or do you still think the, the having to travel especially with the covid restrictions uh, and away draw makes it so much more tricky I think to an extent not having the crowds you know is,
3: is is a factor but I think it depends doesn't it if it's a French team away that's going to be a bigger ask than say, I think we've got potentially Edinburgh or um, Scarlets were the only other options. Uh, So I'd I'd prefer, if we're going to go away, I'd prefer one of those two, to be honest. Um, What, Scarlets away? You'd prefer Scarlets away? Well, just, just... just because it's not as far, basically, that's all. I mean, it, cause this is the whole point. And what I'm saying is is that, yeah, crowds don't make a huge difference, but having to get on a plane at five in the morning and sit to, you know, with a mask on and then get to a hotel and sit in the room the whole time. Although, mind you, if it's France, you could probably, they could probably do what the hell they want, can't they? Go out for waffles,
0: whatever. But, um, <laughs> oh, so maybe we should get a where oh. They could
3: actually get a bit of a break, get a bit of a holiday. go down to, I mean, if they got uh, <laughs> somewhere like, uh, you know, to lose they might get a bit of sun on their back (laughs) who knows
0: well of course miles we've got some irish teams in there as well in the draw so um i think the likes of leinster that uh might might have something to say (laughs) uh yeah so um where where would you if uh if we were going to get drawn away um where where would you want the the bears to be
1: going? Uh, I I think uh, for a non-traveling fan, I think uh, I think we do not want Leinster and Munster. To be perfectly honest with you, no. But then but then saying that, I, I sort of agree with Pete. A little like toll-free trip over to Scarlets is is quite easy, quite an easy feat. And again, uh, trip to Edinburgh is not too far. But I, I think selfishly, you know, to go to a good French team and pull off a win i think would far outweigh the uh the benefit of a little trip down the m4 so you know a little trip to france and smash the french for selfishly would, would just be amazing not not to lose, though Toulouse lose top of the, the
4: the um the french league at the moment are they're playing brilliant yeah they are mm,
0: Yeah okay I think one of the the interesting things as I understand it so we're not only just going to get the draw for the uh round of 16 they will also draw for the quarterfinals. so uh we will know uh potentially who who we may face if if we can get through this round of 16 so exciting stuff there is something about knockout rugby that uh I I really I think gets the uh the 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 pulse racing um so look forward to that something uh, that uh, yeah we've dreamt about for so many seasons haven't we as Bristol fans uh, we had the Challenge Cup glory uh, last season but to to get to you know a quarter final or beyond in the Champions Cup will be something special even in this uh, truncated season um, next thing I just want to uh, get your views on Um Saracens. Now, I seem to remember about a year ago having a conversation with you boys when we knew that Saracens was going down. I think, was it when Mark Newell was on the show as well? And I think I was the only one saying, I don't know whether it will be quite as easy. Uh, as as they think it's going to be. And lo and behold, uh, Cornish Pirates go and pull off uh, a sensational win, uh, beating Saracens down in Penzance, 25 points to 18. Uh, And when you read the reports, it was something thoroughly deserved with the Cornish team actually bullying a Saracens pack and uh, being dominant in the line out and in the scrum uh, and going on for a, a famous victory so let me come to you Pete what, what do you think is, is this a flash in the pan or do you think uh, Saras and are going to have their work cut out to, to, to get into the top two in a playoff spot well as we
3: know full well it take, can take a long time to get out of the championship so why, why not uh, um, you know I think it was a fantastic performance from Pirates and I think I think it's. I think we have to pay, be positive, and and pay credit to them and their coaches, and, and and not say, oh, it was Saracens playing badly. I think it was, as you say, it was a genuine, decent, a genuine result. I mean, you could say, "Well, look, you know Saracens will get their England internationals back soon, but if I was them, I'd be like, I don't want them back. I think we better stick with what we've got. yeah, so uh, I mean it's it's a tough it, a one one game, you know, that's one game down, there's no, there's no return games Sar- you know and, and pressure and psychology can come into it, and those boys at Saracens start getting a bit of doubt in their minds. they've got Ealing, who are going to be champing at the bit to have a go at them as well, plus some of the others. It could be a tough, tough
0: little uh, season
3: for those boys from North London.
0: And, Miles, do you think uh, Max and Ben will have been uh, speaking to their solicitors (laughs) at the weekend just to (laughs) see what the opt-out clause is? uh,
1: Should Saracens not make it up this season? (laughs) I suspect when they re-signed the last season the Saracens players, I suspect they already had opt-out clauses. Uh, And load agreements almost almost in pen, to be honest with you, TC. I mean, just to reiterate what Pete says, fantastic result for Pirates. From what I've read in the the press, their set piece was top-notch. And I think it's brilliant that they got one over on on the Saris. And as Pete said, meeting the likes of Ealing, who they've lost to in the Cup, haven't they? And even Jersey, who we know produce some fantastic players, life is not going to be plain sailing in the Championship. Not
0: at all. And Lee, one of the things I've noticed, trying to keep a bit of an eye on the um, the championship this year, is that that because we haven't got the A-League, um, quite a few Premiership and Pro 14 teams uh, have lent out some of their youngsters to, to, to get some game time. Now, if the well, I say unimaginable, but the uh, the, the possible uh, happens and Saracens don't make the top two uh, and therefore uh, don't get promoted. Um, of course, the RFU and Premier Rugby have come and said that potentially there's a moratorium on going up uh, for for up to four years. Can you see them leaving Saracens in the championship for four years? <laughs> uh First of all,
4: Tim, I can't believe you're writing Sarries off after one game. I mean, you're, just, you're, you're so desperate to be proven right on this subject. Aren't you? Um, do you know what? Though, in all in all fairness, I mean, no one knows more about Championship rugby than, than the four of us collectively, you know, and all of our all of our away days. Um, I I I think that if Sarries don't go up, there would be a massive massive rethink on what might happen um at the end of the season i i just can't see i think it's unfathomable all about saris not being part of um back being back at the top table i, I just can't see it i really don't I mean, just going back to what you said about
3: writing Saris off, I mean, but literally every game is a cup final, isn't it? For those teams yeah. against Saris. And, they, and, they've got nothing to lose. And they're the best team. Because they, they yeah. probably, you know, Coventry or Bedford, they're not going to go up, are they? But they've got it's their one shot of, mm. like, big glory. And, and now seeing that the old pirates doing it, I reckon they'll all get their peckers up for that. I, I, if I was if I was McCall, I'd be worried. I'd be pretty worried at the moment. They're going to have to have some serious thinking about how they're going to negate some of these. These boys are going to come for them.
0: Yeah, but you. They, they are going to come from, and the fact that there's no relegation in the uh, championship this year just means those teams at the bottom can uh, have cut loose and have a go. As you say, it's it's their cup finals, and Saracens going to be playing on, shall we say, some less than perfect pitches uh, and uh, some accommodation and changing rooms, maybe that uh, they they aren't quite used to at Premiership level. Yeah, but
4: but but even even. Even still, though, I mean, you've got toji to come back. You've got the Vanapola brothers to come back. You know, I mean, daily, we're talking about absolute, absolute class players here. I don't think they're going to be be that bothered about what changing room they're in, to be honest. But. Well, they'll be put in a <laughs> if
0: they're at Harbury, won't they? Imagine <laughs> <Look at> that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they are, but they're not going to be back for at least another two rounds yet. Um, That's very you just true. Think if, if, if Saracens lose another one, um, and I'm not saying that they will, but if they should, then all of a sudden in a 10-game season, uh, you do have the potential of uh, one or maybe two other teams uh, going through with maybe one defeat and, uh, you know, pipping them for this, this playoff, you know. Yeah. We've all been there with Bristol. Um, we all remember, you know, us thinking we were going to go back up, and uh, you know that game against Exeter, that uh, match, and then you know we ended up in the uh, in the Championship for the best part of a decade. So uh, it will be fascinating to see. Um, right before we um, r- uh, finish off for this week, um, I I believe it's somebody's birthday tomorrow. Uh, am, am I right in thinking that?
1: Have, have you reached the big 50 yet, Miles? <laughs> Alas, tomorrow, T.C., I shall be still four years off that monumental age that you have reached and, and Pete is soon to reach at the end of this month. So 40 46 is. I I'm working sadly, so that's why I'm having more beers this evening and a little cream tea after my kids finish school tomorrow. <laughs> but no more beer, that's it. <laughs> Well, many, many happy uh, returns for for tomorrow.
0: Um, uh, Have have a great day with the family. Well, that's it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the Wasps game and more Bristol Bears news and views. Until then, goodbye, stay safe, and come on, Briz. Briz.